Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I'm just really searching right now. I mean, my favorite professor doesn't even believe in God, and my roommate is part of this totally different religion that's it's actually pretty interesting to me. And then there's my boyfriend who just kind of picks and chooses from different religions. You know, I, I always thought I knew what I believed about God. Now I'm just not sure. Well, the good news is it doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you're sincere. I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but God never said that. How you like that? Hey, let me ask you a question. As Mark said, my name is Isaac, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today. But how many of you, by a show of hands, just want you to raise your hand, you have been sincere about something, passionate, sincere? Anybody? Okay, like some of y'all. Okay. Okay, keep your hands up. Put your hands back up if you had your hand up. How many of you have been sincerely wrong? Keep your hands up. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I had some people didn't even raise their hand the first time. They're like, yep, that was me. I've been sincere. So a few months ago, my wife and I, my wife's name is Shannon, and we were having an argument. Yes, pastors argue with their spouses. And so we're having an argument, and I mean, I was really passionate in this. I was very sincere in in, in my stance in this argument. And so we're arguing back and forth, and, and my voice is getting louder, which she doesn't like, and so I can see it in her face, and I'm right in the middle of a, I mean, I'm just, I'm right, and I'm right in the middle of a sentence, and it dawns on me. I am wrong. So my words start to slow down because I'm right in the middle of a sentence, right? I'm right in the middle of an argument. And you know what I did? I kept arguing because sometimes it's just better to win than be right, right? We all understand that. Today, we are going to wrap up our series, as Mark said, God never said that. Now, if you missed um, the first three myths, they're going to pop up on the screen. And I just want you to know they're powerful powerful messages the last three weeks, so you want to go back and watch them. Myth number one is God wants you to be happy. Um, He never said that. Uh, Myth number two, God will never give you more than you can handle. Again, he didn't say that either. And myth number three, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. But today, we're going to talk about myth number four, and it's this right here. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Now, we're talking about spiritual things today, right? Because your belief about what vehicle is the best vehicle, that, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about spiritual things today. And this sounds really good, actually, because it doesn't matter what you believe, right? As long as you're sincere, because God is big and He's powerful and He's loving. And so, no matter what I believe, He should be able to just kind of make sure I land where I'm supposed to land, right? It sounds good, but let me ask this question. This is what we're going to answer today. Does it really matter what you believe? Does it really matter? I want to answer that for you right now. Yes, it matters what you believe. Okay, I'm done. Is the band coming back out? What's, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all got real excited, like, yes, shortest sermon ever. It's not going to happen today. Specifically, 
I want to look at what we believe about Jesus, okay? Does it matter what you believe about Jesus? Now, for those of you who follow Christ today, I just want to encourage you. I want to empower you with some of the information that we talk about today, maybe even motivate you. Now, for some of you, uh, someone said, hey, will you come sit with me? And you showed up. And you have no idea what's going on, why are these people singing, and some people are raising their hands, and what, what's going on? And I understand that. And I just want you to know that today is for you. Today is mainly for you. Maybe, maybe you're at home, and, and you're sitting on your couch, and, and something's just missing. Maybe you're in the room, and, and you just there's a void, and you don't know what it is, and you're like, I'm going to go check out this church thing. So today, I'm going to ask you, to consider something. We're going to talk about three different aspects of Jesus, and I'm just going to ask you to consider something, because basic spirituality is okay with us, right? We watch a sporting event, someone makes a touchdown, and what do they do? Who are they pointing to? At least a higher being. They're saying, thank you, somebody helped me do this. If somebody hits a home run, you know, they do the, who are they pointing to? God, a higher being. See, basic spirituality, there's no arguments there. We're okay with that. You listen to any, any daytime talk show and they can talk to God, talk about God all they want. So where is the controversy when it comes to this subject? The controversy begins at the name of Jesus. You see, that's where the controversy begins. And I want you to know that people... People are okay. They believe he existed. People believe Jesus existed. They don't argue that fact. There's too many facts. There's too much historical data that say he existed. So they're okay with saying he's existed. And as a matter of fact, the crazy thing about it is people actually love his teaching. Be generous. We, we all agree with that. Help the poor. We, we all Be kind. Can you just be nice to people? That's his teaching. And we, we, we agree with that. Matter of fact, I went to a conference this week, and for two straight days, leaders, some of them who follow Jesus and some of them who don't follow Jesus, the thread throughout every one of their messages is, can we just be nice? Can we just treat people with love and respect? And so we're okay with that. So why is it at the name of Jesus that some things kind of, that's where we tap the brakes. Here's why. Because Jesus is too exclusive. Jesus is too exclusive. See, we like choices. If, if the favorite, I said something about car makes. If, if, if your favorite car make only came in one color and it's not the color you wanted, you would be upset. Like, hey, can you make this in something besides gray? Whatever. Your favorite headphones, you, you, you want some beats or some whatever. And, and the only color they have is white. And you're like, hey, can, I want red. Can I have red? We love choices. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and he gets really, really, really exclusive. This is what he says in John 14, 16. I love this because there's a guy named Thomas who followed him, and he has a nickname. Does anybody know his nickname? Doubting Thomas, right. So Thomas is with Jesus. He's like, hey, man, so, so, so how do we know where we're going? How, how, do, how do we know? And he's just he's doubting, and he's afraid. And Jesus answers him, and this is what he says, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, this is Jesus speaking. No one comes to the Father 
except through me. Now leave that up there on the screen because I, I, want, you to, I want you to see all the exclusive terms in this verse. He says, I am the singular exclusive. I'm the way. I'm the singular exclusive. I'm the truth. And I'm the life exclusive. No one exclusive comes to the Father exclusive except through me. Exclusive. And this is where Jesus sets himself apart from everything else. Now, I want to acknowledge something today. There are a lot of religions in our world. But I'm not going to ask you to consider a religion today. Because I believe with all of my heart, Jesus did not come to earth to start a religion. But he came to earth rather to show us God's love. And so there are many, many religions, and we're not going to call any by name. That's okay. Because the truth of the matter is there is some truth and some beauty in every world religion. If that were not true, no one would believe it and no one would follow it. So we're going to acknowledge that today as we get started. But I want to talk to you about three things that Jesus, to consider about Jesus this morning, the first of those, I just want you to consider, consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider the ministry of Jesus. I love in Mark chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, Jesus tells us why he came to earth. He tells us about his ministry. He said, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him, okay, so there's Pharisees. Um, these are, these are uh, Bible, not Bible people, religious leaders of the day. So it could be like a professor, of religion, it could be like a pastor like me. Some, they're, they're leaders in the religious realm. They saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors. Now, I absolutely love that tax collectors always gets their own, like, it's all the bad people and then the really bad people. I don't know. So, so sinners and tax collectors, I, it, all that says is he was eating with people like you and like me. The ones that we don't, we don't always get it right, okay? So, Uh, they asked his disciples, so his disciples were there too. So these are the followers of Jesus, right? They're the ones that are following him. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? They're saying, hey, they're they're too bad. You don't need to be, you don't need to associate with those people. They're too far different than us. They're way more different than us. On hearing this, I love this because the disciples don't answer. I don't know why they don't answer. Maybe Jesus answered before they could get there or maybe they didn't know the answer to it. But on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it does It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And I love that comparison, especially today, because we understand sick and we understand doctors and how important those two work together. But he says, this is Jesus, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, righteous just means those that are right with God, okay? So those those aren't the people I came for. I came for sinners. He came for people like you. And people like me, the ones that don't always get it right. Now, I just want to look through some of the things that happened because of the ministry of Jesus. And they're going to pop up on the screen really fast. And so I just want you to consider his ministry. But check this out. Before Jesus, people who were despised, they were despised, but after Jesus, they were loved. Because of the ministry of Jesus, the rejected people, they were 
accepted. Because the ministry of Jesus blind people, they could now see. Because the ministry of Jesus deaf people, they were able to hear. Because the ministry of Jesus lepers, they, they were so dirty and, and, and sick that they, they gave them their own town. They're like, hey, don't even come into our town. Like, go live in your own town. Lepers, because of the ministry of Jesus, they were healed. Because of the ministry of Jesus, those who couldn't speak spoke. Because the ministry of Jesus, a little food became a lot of food. The, 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 the Bible tells us about a story where one boy, just his lunch, just enough food to feed him, fed thousands. Why? Because the ministry of Jesus. Because the ministry of Jesus, water was turned into wine. And I'm just going to be honest, I still got a lot of friends, especially my Baptist friends who have a problem with that one. But moving on, because of the ministry of Jesus, dead people were made alive. And I want, this is, this is what's crazy. His critics didn't question the validity of what was happening in his ministry. They were there, they saw it, they, they saw what was happening, they believed. There's, there's no question about the validity of his ministry. They just wanted him to stop. They're like, hey, hey, we've been studying for years and writing things for years and teaching for years and what you're doing is messing up our belief system. Can you just stop? Of course, Jesus didn't stop. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Now, I, the reality is that some of you in this room are a miracle of the ministry of Jesus. I, I just want, I'm going to show a few people on the screen. These are people in my life, and they're heroes in my life. But they benefited because of the ministry of Jesus. Here's the first one. This is my brother. His name is Aaron. This is his wife, Jerry. When Aaron was in high school, he would get so nervous about speaking in front of people. Like when he had public speaking class, he, he would work on, on, a, on, a, on a speech, even if it was a two-minute speech, he would work on it. And, and the day came that to give his speech and he would wake up, and this is gonna be gross, but he just throwing up everywhere. So nervous. Sometimes he didn't even get to go to school and give the speech that he worked so hard on because he was so nervous. Do you know today, literally today, my brother will stand in front of hundreds of people. Every week he stands before hundreds of people multiple times, sometimes thousands of people and speaks. How does he do that? The ministry of Jesus. Here's, here's my next friend. His name, I think, is Steve. Yeah, this is Steve and his wife, Lynette. Steve was a fisherman. Okay, he was a very talented fisherman. Matter of fact, he, he fished professionally and had a string like FLW is today. I know some of you don't know what that means. Well, probably most of you don't know what that is. That's okay. Um, it, it's a professional fishing league. He, he ran one of those until Jesus told him, he said, Steve, I don't want you to be a fisherman anymore. I want you to raise kids that don't have a home. And so without government assistance, without all of the things that you can have, Steve, started raising kids in his home. Did you know Stephen Lynette, over the years, 48 children have been raised. Oh, you can give, yeah, absolutely. You know what's even cooler than that? It works so well here. They've launched out into other countries. And today, over 500 children are either housed, clothed, or educated because he said yes to Jesus. So what, what is that? How does that? He's not capable of doing that, people. I know Steve. It's the ministry of Jesus. Check out this next person. Now this one, this one, whew. This one's difficult for me because Wendell's no longer with us. But this is Wendell. Wendell 
should have died decades before this picture was taken. Wendell was so sick, his body started eating itself. Wendell had 28 surgeries to replace joints in his body. Every major joint in his body was replaced at least once, sometimes, uh, sometimes more than once. He had cancer. Literally, his head had to be reattached to his neck. I mean, I mean this guy is a miracle. Do, do you know where this picture was taken? Wendell went with me to St. Louis to help launch a church. We're at the top of the arch. That picture should have never been taken. Do you know how that picture was taken? The ministry of Jesus. Check out this picture. These are my friends, Robert and Stephanie. When I met Robert, Robert was, he had just gotten out of prison for dealing drugs. Stephanie was hooked to painkillers. Do you know that today Robert is a manager at his oilfield company, has a whole team of people that he manages? Stephanie is a nurse. And just yesterday, I saw a video of Stephanie standing center stage leading people in worship. How do you do that? How does life change like that? It's the ministry of Jesus. And friends, I just want you to know it's not just people that you don't know. I know all these people. They're heroes in my life. I sat down with a lady that is in this room today, in this room today. I sat down with her a few weeks ago. And you know what she told me? She said, there came a time in my life that I was sick. And I quit breathing. And my heart stopped. And they worked on me, but they gave up on me. But you know who didn't give up on me? Jesus. Because I sat across from her and had lunch, and today she's here in this room. How does miracles like that, how do miracles like that happen? One thing. It's the ministry of Jesus. I just want you to consider today the ministry of Jesus. And then I want you to consider the resurrection of Jesus. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I'm going to get to this verse that's going to pop up on the screen, but I, I need to kind of sort of go back for, for you to get the whole picture. Um, it, it, you see, God wants to have a relationship with us, and back then he wanted to have a relationship with those on earth. And so there's this kind of weird thing, kind of like two magnets, you know, when, when, when the opposites are facing each other, like they... they they go to, right? But if you put two positives or two negatives together, they, they repel each other, right? And that's kind of, sort of, how it works with us and God. He wants to have a relationship with us, and this is him, and this is us. But, but unfortunately, we have sin in our life, and, and we're, we're born with that nature. Like, if you've, if you've ever been around kids, you don't ever have to teach them what not to do. You have to teach them what they should do, because we're born with the sin nature. So this is, this is super simple to understand, and because of that sin that's in our life, there's kind of like this force repelling us away from God. And so what God did, he wanted to get rid of the sin in our life, and that took a perfect sacrifice. And so he sent his son, who was born of a virgin, which is very important that he was born of a virgin, because his, his earthly father's sins couldn't be passed down to him. And so um, it was God who, who uh, was his father, not some earthly man. So he was born of a virgin, he lived a perfect life, and, and then the day came where he needed to pay for our sins. And, and, and so even, even the people that, that crucified him, the judges, they're going through all the court and, and they say, I can't, I can't find anything wrong and I don't think he's doing anything wrong. And so Jesus was hung on a cross. They drove spikes into his wrists and into his feet and a spear into his side and, and pounded a, a crown of thorns onto his head and they put him up on a cross. And he, he did the, he, they did that for nothing. He, 
He didn't do anything wrong. But while he was on the cross, he looks up to heaven, just like the guy that crosses home plate and, and he does his thing, right? He's looking, Jesus looks up to heaven and he says, Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, all kinds of things went crazy. There's a centurion that, that is there, and, and he helped put Jesus on the cross, and he did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. But, but when Jesus said it was finished, like it was in the middle of the day, and the sun went away. It just quit shining, and the very foundations of the earth trembled at the death of Jesus. And the centurion, who was not a believer, saw all of this unnatural things happen, and he said, surely, this was the Son of God. Then they took him off the cross and they put him in a tomb, a cave. They rolled a big rock in front of it and they put armed soldiers in front of it. And on the third day, the stone was gone and Jesus was gone. Now this is important because there's a lot of, there are a lot of people that will try to discount why they never found the body of Jesus. One, it just... Quickly, it's just kind of goofy, the things that people think. Um, but they're, they're like, well, the, the Roman guards, they hid the body of Jesus. Well, the Roman guards wanted to prove that he was dead. And so if they wanted to prove he was dead, they would actually come forth with the body and say, hey, here he is. They're lying to you. So it's kind of easy to debunk that when the other one says that the disciples took the body. And in order for, to believe that, you have to believe that some tax collectors and some fishermen overpowered, trained military soldiers and took the body and hid it so well that after two th in 2,000 years, no one's ever been able to find it. Like, it's a little far-fetched, especially, we, we find dinosaurs. We find all kinds of things. You can't find Jesus? But this is what one of the disciples, the followers of Jesus said. His name is Peter. He says, whew, you He's pointing to the Romans. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are, say this word with me, witnesses. We are witnesses of this. See, there were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And you're like, well, should we, should we count that? I mean, they were followers of Jesus. Well, not all of them were followers of Jesus. But there were eyewitnesses that spoke about it, that wrote about it, that saw Jesus alive. Doubting Thomas, the one we already talked about, he was, he was one of the ones that doubted. And he's like, hey, hey, well, I know y'all said Jesus rose from the dead. I know y'all said he's alive. But I am not going to believe it until I actually see him face to face. I want to see the holes. And so Jesus, in all his love and grace, he shows up to Thomas. He goes, Thomas, here we go again. I think he says that with us sometimes. Here we go again. He says, Thomas, don't doubt. Here, here, here's the holes. Here, here's, here's where the spear went in. Don't doubt. It's me. And this is, what, this is what happened after that encounter. Thomas then went to India. And he was the greatest evangelist that India has ever known. And at the end of his life, he lost his life. He was murdered because he said these words, I will never renounce Jesus. Matter of fact, all of, his, all of his followers, most of them were murdered because they would not renounce their Savior. There were eyewitnesses to his 
resurrection. So consider the ministry of Jesus that he came for sinners. He came for people like you and he came for people like me that don't always get it right. Consider the resurrection that there were eyewitnesses willing to give their lives to uphold that truth. And then consider the eternal message of Jesus. Romans 3.22 says this, the righteousness, I said earlier, righteousness is just being made right with God. Okay, so he's talking about being made right with God. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus. There goes that exclusive statement again. We can be made right with God through faith in Jesus. So this is what that means. It means it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bitter and how angry you are right now. It doesn't matter what you've said. It doesn't matter if you're literally the person standing on the street corner saying, Jesus is a fraud. None of that matters. Because we can be made right with God by faith in Jesus. Christianity is Jesus plus nothing. I want you to understand that Christianity is Jesus plus nothing. It is not Jesus plus I'm going to try really, really hard to do all the good things. It is not Jesus plus I'm going to try really, really hard not to do all the bad things. It's not Jesus plus anything else. It is Jesus plus nothing. The reason I did not want to talk about religion today is because religion is all about us. Religion is about me and religion is about you. It is how I perform. It is, um, it's, it's what I do. Is am I good enough? Did, did I get rid of enough bad stuff? Did I take on enough good stuff? But I'm not taking, talking about religion today. I'm talking about a relationship. Because, again, Jesus didn't come to start a religion. I believe Jesus came to show us the love of God. Because God wanted to be in good standing with us as well. Religion says, if I'm good enough, God will love me. And if I obey, God will accept me. A relationship with Jesus says, because God loves me, he accepts me. And because he accepts me, I'm gonna choose to obey. It's not an effort to gain his love, but in response to his love. God doesn't love you for what you do or don't do. God loves you because of who he is. And, and I just, I want you to understand, I want you to grasp something, especially if you follow Jesus. But even if you don't follow Jesus, there is nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you could do to cause him to love you less. Because God, it's not, love is not just what he does. Love is literally who he is is. So we started out today with this question. Does it really matter what you believe? In many things, absolutely not. But does it matter what you believe about Jesus? Oh, my friend, it really, really matters. And so what I want to do now is I'm just going to ask everybody in the room, I just want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. Bow your head and close. Please don't look around. And if, and if you're one of those people 
that someone said, hey, come sit with me, and you showed up, or maybe you know something has been missing in your life, and you're like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try this church thing out. Maybe, maybe you've been studying church or religions or Jesus, and you're just trying to figure out. Specifically, I want to speak to you. Now, I want to explain that you will not ever understand everything. I've been following Jesus for 37 years, and I can just stand in front of you and tell you, I don't get it. I don't get everything. I don't understand everything. It's not about that. It's about putting your faith in Jesus. And so if you would like to do that today, I I just want to walk you through a prayer. The prayer is not, there's no magic in the prayer. It's the decision that you make in your heart to have faith and follow Jesus. And so just in your own heart, if that is you and you want to make this decision, you just in your own heart say, God, I I don't really know all the answers, but I I do believe that I I have sin in my life. I mean, I've messed up. That's pretty easy for me to say. And I'm sorry for that. And and I do believe that Jesus died and, and, and then rose from the dead, like we talked about today. I considered that and I believe that. And I want to put my faith in him, and I want to follow him. Now, if, if that is you, if you said that prayer, and only you, I want you to look at me. I know it's, I know it's brave, uh, but no one else is looking around. I just I want to be able to speak directly to you. Good. Good, I see people all over the room. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something because I want to help you. I'm not going to show up at your house. I'm not going to do any of those things. But the QR code that is in front of you, I just want you to scan that QR code, and on there, there's a place that says surrender. And basically, that just says, hey, I either have questions about what you just talked about, or I surrendered my life to Jesus today. I started my faith walk with Jesus. Just scan that and fill that out. And because we have tools that we want to give you, we're just going to mail them to you. I said, we're not going to hound you, but... But, but just, just please fill it out so we can get those things to you. If maybe you just have questions, you're like, Isaac, you, you hit on some things today, but, but I still have some questions. Just go to the website and find my picture and click on my name, and you're going to be able to email me. Email me. We'll meet up. I'll, I'll do my very, very best to answer any questions you have. Now, if you know Jesus, if you're following Jesus, and and serving him or doing the things, trying to do the good things and not do the bad. Some of those things have taken the wrong place in your heart and in your life. I want to talk to you for a second. Will you just spend, just right now as I talk, just spend some time with Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm trying to win your love. Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm trying to earn your love. I'm trying to earn rapport with you by doing these things. Jesus, I don't want to do that anymore. You love me because of who you are, not because of what I'm doing. And God, I just, I just want to serve you out of that love. And I'll tell you what it does, because I've been there many times in my life. I tell you, it frees you up to serve with a, with a heart that's full of gratitude. And, and it's just fun to serve. And it's not like, oh, I've got to go do that. It completely changes your outlook. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.